It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. We've got quite a show planned for you. It is a Monday and uh, we uh, do dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation offering you a conservatarian perspective. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails and uh, like me on, uh, let's see, Facebook and follow me on Twitter. How's that? So, that sounds pretty good. So you, that voice that you hear is my in-studio guest chick. Uh, guest host, and that is Charlene Carter. Charlene, it's great to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. We're going to have a great conversation in uh, segments three and four. You were in Washington, D.C. recently. Yes, last week. Pretty yes. exciting. And we're going to talk about right to work. Yes. Yeah. The yes. right to say yes or no. You know, yes. A freedom versus force. Exactly. Those will be the big questions there. And uh, if we have Dave running the boards today. Thank you, Dave. It's morning, great to have everyone. you there. And uh, thank you to the team, Dave and Steve, Zach, uh, Patty, and Keith, keeping this train on the track. I greatly appreciate all of you. So we're going to jump in here on some headlines in just a moment. But uh, we're talking about work today. And so our quote is from John Rushkin. Uh, He was the leading English art critic of the Victorian era, as well as an art patron, a draughtsman, watercolorist, a prominent social thinker, and philanthropist. He wrote on subjects as varied as geology, architecture, myth, or anthology, literature, education, botany, and political economy. I'd say the guy was busy, Charlene. Yeah, he was. So his inspiration uh, for today is, the highest reward of man's toil is not what he gets for it, but what he becomes by it. So again, the highest reward for man's toil is not what he gets for it, but what he becomes by it. Wow, that's a great statement. Isn't that a good one? Yeah. And now, uh, Dave, are you ready for the jokes? Hit me. Okay. Uh, They all have a little work theme. Teamwork is important. It helps you to put the blame on someone else. (laughs) Number two, I'm great at multitasking. I can waste time, be unproductive, and procrastinate all at once. Wow. And lastly, nothing ruins a Friday more than an understanding that today is Tuesday. Okay, we're going to jump in here on some headlines. First of all, and this uh, is very relevant uh, to what we were talking or what we're going to be talking about in three and four. Okay. Michael Fields in the Sentinel, Colorado, said despite the legislature putting more money into education each year, teacher salaries are actually going down in Colorado. This year, the legislature dedicated an additional $100 million to our education system on top of the usual, or the usual constitutionally mandated yearly increase. But how much of that money will end up in going to teacher salaries? If history gives any indication, it won't be much. Michael Fields says, since 1990, education spending is up 20% in Colorado adjusted for inflation, but teacher salaries are down 20% during that same time. If teacher salaries had kept up with spending increases, the average teacher would be making about $70,000 instead of 47000 He says, no wonder teachers are upset. 
But if you dig a little deeper into the numbers, you see that only 53% of our education dollars are actually spent on instruction, meaning that barely over half is spent on teacher salaries and in-classroom services. Since 2011, the number of teachers has increased by 8%, but the number of administrators has gone up 35%. The next tax increase will be on the ballot this November. It comes in the form of permanently taking our Taxpayer Bill of Rights refunds. That's TABOR. While legislators claim that a third of this money will go to K-12 education, there's absolutely no guarantee that future legislatures will spend it that way. It would essentially be a blank check for the legislature. What do you think about that, Charlene? Uh, Well, that kind of ties back into what I'm thinking about the unions. I mean, I hate to say this, but that correlates because I'm going to tell you right now, 41% of the public school teachers, um, it says right here, uh, nation's largest teachers union is spending a mandatory dues paid by members who are told their money will be used to gain better wages, right? Mm -hmm. Benefits and working conditions, according to the latest filing, now this was in 2015, it says members' dues account for $295 million and $345 million in total uh, receipts last year, but the union spent $25 million of that in political activities. And with you that, think that lobbying and um, politician slush fund, I think that think? I think so. And I would encourage you, our listeners, to go to something. It's called Open Secrets. Just mm-hmm. just Google Google that Open Secrets, and then put in heavy hitters, and it'll show you uh, the top. Oh my gosh! Hold on here. This was. Uh, let me get all cycles. Uh, this is for all cycles since about, uh, I think it's 1990. Hold on, I've got to give that to you. Yeah, since 1990. Okay, since 1990, uh, the total contributions by the National Education Association, that's the teachers' union, yep. they donated to political campaigns $143 million. 97.2% of that went to Democrats. And that they were number five on the list. Number seven was the American Federation of Teachers, and their total contributions to political campaigns was almost $126 million, and 99.7% of that went to Democrats. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it says here in the journal it added that the NEA's financial disclosures exposed the union as the honeypot. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they donate to the left-wing politics and, it, and it's not used for the teachers or anything. Where does that money go? Um, it goes to their salaries. And I, I see here it also goes to administrators. Mm-hmm. Look at the 35% jump. I mean, there's 35% over the 8% of teachers. It, I mean, those are administrators. Why do we need that many administrators over these schools? I, well, we need the teachers, good teachers, being paid well to be out there teaching our children. Absolutely. So, uh, And so I think that... We should be talking about this because there's going to be this, this runaround on Tabor that's going to be on the ballot, and we need to protect that. There's plenty of money. It's just where it's spent. So, okay, next thing. Oh, this is from Colorado Peak Politics. Uh, it says, inconvenient fact, previous methane studies overestimated methane emissions. A new study released this week by the University of Colorado shows no significant change in U.S. methane emissions since 2006. This time period coincides with a 46% increase in U.S. natural gas production. Another inconvenient fact that you won't find pundits about on the network propaganda outlets. 
This study, conducted by the Cooperative Institute for Research in Environmental Sciences, showed methane emissions 10 times lower than other studies claiming to measure methane trend, uh, uh, to measure methane trends. Why such a vast difference? The genius scientists running past studies to measure methane in the atmosphere were actually measuring ethane and then erroneously extrapolating an outsized increase in methane output due to oil and gas drilling. In fact, the CIRES study called out major overestimation of oil and gas emission trends in some previous studies. Now, you know, these studies have been used to really try to shut down the oil and gas industry. And uh, the narrative that has been pushed out there by the left, you know, we've, we saw uh, Proposition 112 that was on the ballot, which would, in essence, shut down oil and gas development. Right. People in Colorado said no. No. I, right. <laughs> but then we, we put into the legislature and into the governor's office people that turned around and... Um, ignored the will of the people, and then they, they passed Senate Bill 181, which in essence does the same thing. And now that we, we realize that sometimes these studies, the narr- these narratives are put out there to push forward a certain political agenda. Oh, yes. Yes. And, and we have Ocasio-Cortez that says that she wants to uh, get rid of cows because of methane. <laughs> you know, I have to ask you, you know, I mean, you know, we're, there's always methane. I, all the little yes, dogs that yes, we have, you know, yes. they... Well, they you know toot, what? I hate you know? to say it. What it. I mean, does she just want us to all go away? Because, I mean, seriously, we all produce some kind of... I, I think she does. And, you know, when the uh, dinosaurs walked the earth there was some pretty heavy methane probably being kicked out what do you think dave i assume that that's true Uh, i I think her problem is that there's so many cows if we stopped eating meat then there wouldn't be so many cows and then we'd save the environment that way even though that's preposterous if you think about it well and why is it that they have this assault on meat you know i i i mean i don't understand you know because you know a lot of millennials everybody has a dog you know, I mean, why okay. why is there this assault right? on 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 uh, yeah on um, on cows? So, <laughs> okay, so let's see, let's well, let's see which which headline we're going to go to next. Uh, let's talk about this one. Tim Jackson with uh, the Colorado Automobile Dealers Association. Something rather remarkable happened. It'll soon be a couple of weeks ago, and that is down at the Air Quality Control Commission. Uh, once again, they're using narratives out there regarding our air and our water to push forward an agenda. And uh, uh, via executive orders from both Hickenlooper and Polis, the Air Quality Control Commission, who they're all appointed by the governor, mm-hmm. you know, but they're unelected, but they're appointed by the governor. So they're going to do his, his will. Oral, yeah. And uh, in essence, what they are are going to to work towards is to get everybody into, quote unquote, electric vehicles. Even though electric vehicles are not as efficient, they're more expensive, there's been the carrot of a total $12,500 tax credit, $7,500 from the, the feds and 5000 from Colorado. Now they're going to use force. Is and that one time or is that like every year? One time. Yeah. So it's when you buy the car. But, but so rich guys are getting to shave $12,500 off of their tax bill and everybody else has to make that up. Teslas are not cheap. No, they're not no, they're cheap. They're not. The interesting thing about this, though, is what this particular, and then they're going through a rulemaking um, procedure right now, and then I think they're going to come out with the rules or have a hearing, I think, sometime into the summer. And what Tim Jackson says is, how about free market? How about let's let people decide? 
you know, what vehicle they want to drive instead of having govern, governor, um, government force that. And uh, so uh, I, I think I'm going to write an op-ed on that because I did go down to the Air Quality Control Commission meeting. I had to leave. I was not able to testify. I put my name on the list. But after several hours, I had to leave because it was our Stanford, Colorado rally. So, Well, you know, it's funny, too, Kim. All these politicians tell us supposedly what to do, but do they not remember who they work for? Well, I don't think they remember that. And the other thing is, is they, then the rules are not this for them This is not either. a dictatorship. This is by the people for the people. And that's why we have to inform the people. Yes. Is, uh, so that they know what's going on. Uh, so let's, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, man, the Rockies, they had a tough time with the Phillies. Uh, they lost three there. So they're going to take the day, out, the day off. And then tomorrow they go to um, Philadelphia and the Pirates. And uh, then they'll be back home soon. So that will be good that that happens. (laughs) But uh, Hooters is my uh, sports headquarters. They're a great place to watch all the games. Wednesdays are wing days. It's all the wings you can eat for $14.99. The smoked wings are delectable and only half the calories. And Hooters wings can fly. When the girls come over on Wednesday nights, I have them delivered right to my front door. So order your Hooters wings to go. Have them delivered right to your front door. Or you watch the game at Hooters. They have all kinds of TVs there. So for more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks, and we'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank qualified listeners, veterans listening to veterans, brought to you by Dan Brooke and Cheryl Tootin in Centennial. In Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Colorado Custom Services, promotional products, embroidery, engraving, and more. Thank you for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And be sure and check out the website, Stand for Colorado. Uh, That is the big rally that we had a couple of weeks ago. 
And we are starting to roll out the videos of each of the speakers. We had 21 fabulous speakers. And so be sure and go to Stanford, Colorado and take a look at that because we need to be informed on these issues out there. Yes, we do. Thrilled to have in studio with me as a guest chick, Charlene Carter. We're going to be talking about right to work in uh, segments three and four. Dave, you had a most interesting comment that well, you shared during the break. Yeah, you were you mentioned that uh, a lot of these rules that they're implementing in the government, they don't apply to the people who are implementing them. And mm-hmm. I think that's really fascinating. And uh, something that happened right after the Green New Deal, uh, Ale- Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's famous, you know, whatever it is, um, <laughs> legislation, I guess. Um, well, she was on her way to the airport. She was in a motorcade of Escalades. Like, there's four Escalades. And then she went to a private jet, and then after she landed, they, they were, you know, scrutinizing her and saying, hey, what, what's the deal with this? And thought we were all supposed to be taking public transportation. And she said, uh, and I quote, she said, um, don't blame me for living in the world that we built. Wow. As if, and it's funny because you see it with Bernie Sanders, too. It's like they want to do all these things. They want all of us to do it, mm-hmm. not them. And let me give you a little, um, um, just a heads up for the Trump family. Okay. I was in D.C. last week. Ivanka Trump got off of Frontier Airlines airplane coming from Denver back to D.C. She didn't take a private jet to come here and talk to Martin Marietta over a STEM program for kids. She took public transportation, and you know she's got money. Yeah, you know she can afford better than Frontier right. probably. So, you know. Well, that's admirable, though. It is very admirable. Well, and, and that, you know, to that point, that's what you see. And, and the theme from Stanford, Colorado, that really came out is freedom versus force. Uh-huh. And what we see with all of these headlines is force. But the other thing, and Dave, you hit the nail on the head, is that we see that these politicians and bureaucrats want to make rules for us, us. the yep. unwashed masses. Yep. But they don't think those rules apply to them. And that is upside down. From what the whole American idea is. When you said, Charlene, who do they work for? Right. This is government of the people, people by, by the, the people. people. And uh, so that is, uh, we've gotten this thing upside down. And Dave, you mentioned the new Green Deal. And, and we've kind of, on a national level, you know, there's been a lot of discourse about that. But my friends, right here in Colorado, it is being implemented right under our noses. And that is why you must be informed, and we've got to be talking with our friends and family about these things. Um, last weekend, I don't know if you saw this, Charlene, but the Women of Weld County, which is the Republican Women's Group, okay, they had a reservation to use the Erie Community Center for their monthly meeting. Okay, and they were and their speaker that was scheduled to to speak was uh, going to talk about oil and gas, the history of oil and gas in Weld County. They also were going to have people there to sign the petition. For the national popular vote. This is a public community yeah, right, center. Right. Okay? And what I've seen, uh, in fact, uh, I'm going to do some research on that. In fact, that's probably the op-ed I'm going to work on today. Okay. Is that you see these politicians and bureaucrats, they talk about the community. So we have the community center or we have the art center. Then what they do is they put in policies on who can and cannot use it. Correct. Okay. And then they hide behind those policies, and then they hide behind the town administrators or the city uh, managers that they hire to do their Their dirty work. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, like the day before the women of Weld were going to meet at the community center, 
their uh, approval was was denied. It was denied. And um, and so they said that because uh, because of the subject matter and because of the uh, signing for the petition. But guess what? I found some Facebook invitations during this last election season where they had Senator Foote from uh, Boulder uh, had a town hall there. They had petition signers for 112 there. And so here you've got government on a local level, you know, shutting down voices, right, shutting down right. the right of assembly. And uh, that is very dangerous. So I actually put that on my personal Facebook page. And somebody that lives up near Weld County said, is this true? Can it be fact-checked? I said, I actually talked to the people. Yes, it is true. Wow. And we should be terrified right now. Yeah, well, and it's infiltrating all the way through corporations. They're telling you what you can say and cannot say. Unions, mm-hmm. uh, I'm you know, proof positive of that. Uh, we should be very worried. This is, this is our First Amendment rights. We should be able... We pay taxes for these, these centers. We should be able to have our voice no matter what. What, right? What other, you know, what whatever side you're on, everybody should be everybody able. Everybody should be able to meet and speak. Absolutely. Period. Now, it has to be done respectfully. Correct. Now, certainly, you know, all of us that would use a quote unquote community center, you need to make sure that you you treat it well and that you don't leave a mess. Right. But what you say and who is there, that's none of anybody's Absolutely. business. Everybody should have the right to do that. Yeah, and if you don't want to go, don't go. If you don't support whoever is speaking there, just don't go. You sound like such a free market girl. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, let's see. What's the next one? Let's talk about, get this, California. And what? And Tim Jackson was talking about uh, the Air Quality Control Commission. What they want to do is they want to tie us to California's rules. Of course they do. And Colorado, and, and, and this is in our, our, our car emissions, Colorado is totally different than California. Absolutely. People here love their SUVs. You know, they love to get to the mountains, to ski, to hike, to appreciate nature. And you just can't do that on a battery-operated car. No, you can't. And uh, the other thing is, is when it gets cold, the um, the distance that you can go or the battery life of a, an electric um, battery is uh, limited. And nobody has talked about the environmental impact of what happens with these uh, batteries when we have to get rid of them. Right. I know. That I, was just, I was just talking to somebody regarding this. What do you do with those batteries? Because they are toxic on mm-hmm. the inside. So... Mm-hmm. Every time you have to replace one, what happens to the other one? Right. I don't know if you know this, too, but an average car, electric car, goes through four batteries in its lifetime. Wow. I did not know that. And somebody had sent me some information that the cost for those batteries is anywhere from five to $8,000. How can the normal person they can't. afford that? Yeah. So what it's going to do is, what, force us all not to drive? Or take public transportation or ride your bike, you know, and I... I mean, a small business person can't do their business, right? you know, on the back of a bicycle or on public transportation because public transportation takes so much time. So, but get this, California, the California regular, regulator, this is from Auto News, threatens a ban on gasoline engines. California's top environmental regulator is threatening to enact tougher pollution rules. Now, let's go back to, uh, we just saw that the methane uh, yeah, it was being reported wrong. Correct. Uh, it says that that could include a ban on vehicles that burn petroleum-based fuels in retaliation for the Trump administration's plan to relax vehicle emission standards. 
The move, which would be the first in the United States, marks an escalation in the clash between Washington and Sacramento that would increase uncertainty for car makers in the nation's biggest auto market. So California's already gone to court to fight the Trump administration's determination that current vehicle emission and fuel economy standards are too stringent. Now California Air Resources Board Chair Mary Nichols is arguing that the state will match any relaxation of federal auto rules with its own more stringent <clears throat> anti-pollution requirements on everything from fuel to the refineries pr- uh, producing it. California is a lovely state. Oh, it's a beautiful they state. Are... I'm originally from there. I didn't know that. Yeah, Southern California, Simi okay. Valley. Okay. Yes. They are ruining that that state. Oh, yes, they are. And people are leaving by the, you know, mm-hmm. thousands, really and truly. I have friends that were there, can't, can't even afford it. I don't know how they live there. Anyway, but they're coming to Colorado. We're seeing the same things happening here in Colorado that have happened in, in uh, California. And if they don't like what's happening in California and they come to Colorado, don't enact the same policies. Because right. you're going to have the exact same thing you just left. Right. You don't want that. So, so we, why did you come here? So we have to hold the line here. We yes. have to be talking about this. My friends, <clears throat> you've got to be having conversations with your, your kids. They're coming home from college. You've got to be having uh, conversations with your neighbors and your colleagues uh, because uh, freedom isn't free. We have to fight in this ideological right. ba- uh, battle. <clears throat> we have on the line with us, though, Jason McBride. Jason, Monday, how are you? Hey, good morning, ladies. Good morning. So what's on your mind this morning? Well, what's on my mind is, uh, you know, we have this uh, fellow named Ken Fisher who's always on CNBC and Fox and TV advertising, and he's a money manager, and he's, his big ad is that he hates annuities. Uh, he absolutely hates them. He'd never sell an annuity. Anything an annuity can do, he can do better. Um, and, and I just don't believe that, Kim. Uh, first off, uh, you know, to just make a big blanket statement and get rid of one type of investment that may be useful uh, to some folks, I don't think is the best idea in the world. Uh, you know, and second, when you only really have one tool to use, uh, you know, what's the old saying? If the only tool you have is a hammer, you're going to see a lot of nails. I think there's some of that going on there, too, uh, when you don't offer many different investment options. So, uh, you know, some of the claims on annuities are that they have high fees. You know what? That's true. Some of them do have very high fees. But if you look, a lot of times, now not always, but a lot of times there's also a high amount of features that come along with that. Um, And I'll tell you, Kim, many of them do not have nosebleed level fees. Some of them are very, very low. And I don't want to come on here and and sound like a guy that's just peddling annuities. I don't think they're good for everybody. But on the other side of the coin, I don't think they're bad for everybody either. And I don't know of any other investment uh, that will guarantee you an income for as long as you live and it's hard to find another investment that will uh, guarantee against the loss of any of your principal, no matter what the market does. So, you know, with the markets being up very, very high, 
and some people wanting to getting closer to retirement where that monthly income or a guarantee of some kind of a retirement income check is more important than trying to make your money get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, you know, when the market's way up high here, sometimes that's a smart time to think about, let's say, monetizing some of those gains and then turning them into a dependable stream of income that you don't have to worry about. Well, you know, Jason, I think that makes a lot of sense. And we talk about, you know, the economy is is clicking along very well, but but what really is important to people is their own personal economy, their own personal well-being, and each person is is different. So a portion of their portfolio and annuities may make sense. But you guys, you and the um, guys and gals over at Presidential Wealth Management are willing to sit down with people and look at their nest egg and, and craft something that hopefully will fit their own individual prosperity and well-being. And I think that's the important part, Kim, when you say we're willing to sit down with people and explain things. And I think we do a really good job of that. And part of that, uh, again, with the annuities is some of them are a little bit complicated. And I think that you should make sure you work with an advisor that will explain it in a way that you understand it and also in a way that you understand the why of why that would be part of your portfolio. And, of course, we're not going to push anything on anybody. I don't think any advisor should do that. But I'll tell you, if I'm looking at someone's overall picture and I've heard what they've said about being afraid of not having enough income or they are afraid of taking losses or worried about the stock market, then that's when when an annuity-type product may fit in and be very, very beneficial to them. So, uh, you know, as much as I hate to admit it right on your show, sometimes I like annuities. (laughs) So, Jason, if if people want more information, uh, chickspresidential.com is our landing page. That's chickspresidential.com. And again, you guys and gals over at Presidential will sit down with people and work towards, you know, empowering their own personal uh, economic prosperity. So, Jason, thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You betcha. Have a great show, Kim. Okay, thanks so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Charlene Carter is in studio as our guest chick, and we're going to be talking about right to work. And, and really, it is the right to say yes or the right to say no, freedom versus force. And uh, Charlene was back in Washington, D.C. recently. Uh, she's got a great picture with her as you were uh, introducing the legislation. Yeah, with Joe Wilson, Congressman yeah. Joe Wilson. So yeah. we'll be right back. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Okay, thanks. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. 
you want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. with Kim Munson where we're dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation offering you a conservatarian perspective. And conservatarian is the best of conservative and libertarian values. So, Correct. So uh, coin that I word. I just call it common sense. <laughs> you think? Our freedoms and common sense. <laughs> the conservatarian perspective. Uh, absolutely. So that voice you hear is Charlene Carter. Charlene it is so great to have you in studio, and we actually met back in Washington, D.C., basically. Yes, we did. Yeah, the inauguration, actually, for uh, President Trump. We got to go back to the inauguration. And President Trump, I, I laughingly say, out of the 17 uh, contenders on the Republican side, in, he was my 18th, uh-huh. but I tell you, I am pleasantly pleasantly surprised Super with, surprised yeah with what he's doing in fact i was talking to a democrat woman the other day and she said she's pleasantly surprised yeah the, there's actually more of them coming to that realization um and i don't know if you've heard of the uh walk away movement but there's a lot of people going we're not voting for democrats anymore because they're really not for us the people and they're definitely not for our freedoms well the democrats that have been elected particularly here in colorado they are not jfk democrats oh no these are people so far, far. activists yeah. radical and uh and you see this agenda that they're pushing through but let's talk about what you're what you're focused on and that yeah. is right to work yes can you explain to our listeners what right to work is exactly okay well if you've ever heard of Mark Mix, he's the uh, national president of uh, or the president of the National Right to Work Foundation out of D.C. They've been around for, oh, what, 50 years now, 51 years, something like that. Um, the reason that they became who they are is due to union abuse um, and union power and then the politics that they get into and the, basically taking away our freedoms. Uh, the National Right to Work Foundation also is not the, – the unions like to call it a union buster, but they're not. They actually hold them accountable to the actual laws that are on the books um, regarding uh, workers' rights. Um, I, just a little story. I was in a union for 20 years, paid dues, you know, uh, never had to use the union. Um, and the union president actually got me fired for something that I disagreed with our union dues, mine, being spent on political activities. So um, the National Right to Work Foundation wants to hold these unions accountable, and we should not be forced to pay for something we don't agree on or, you know, be forced into a union, per se. Um, Being a flight attendant for 20 years, I had no choice to get uh, to be in the position that I was in unless I joined the union. Now, you can opt out. They call it an opt out, but you still pay the dues. Um, the only So thing it's that, not a real opt out. No, it's not opting out at all. And what it does is it takes away your freedoms. Um, and, you know, it's really funny because 
those people that harmed me, okay, they would be screaming if it were the opposite, Mm -hmm. if you know what I'm saying. So unions need to stay out of politics, period. These should be our choices, um, our freedom. You know, it's basically our First Amendment rights are being quashed is what's happening. But Charlene, as I look at the uh, open secrets, heavy hitters, Mm -hmm. and we're looking since 1990, Mm -hmm. uh, the number one contributor to political campaigns is S. Uh, let's SEIU. see, SEIU, yeah. which is the Service Employees International Union. Yep. They contributed a total of $289 million mm-hmm. to uh, political campaigns. 99.6% of that, $287 million, went to Dems and to liberals. Correct. Okay. Number five on that list, we talked about the National Education Association. Number six was the Carpenters and Joiners Union. Mm-hmm. Number seven was the American Federation of Teachers. Number eight, get this one, the American Federation of State, County, Municipal Employees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number nine was the Labor's Union. So out of the top ten, what was that, five of them mm-hmm. are all uh, union contributors, and they all have contributed well over 95 to 96% went to Dems and to Liberals. Yeah, and um, they probably all fall under the AFL-CIO. When I was in um, Washington last week, they actually had a hearing with Richard Trumpka. He is the international president of the AFL-CIO. And right now, because of the Janus ruling, which was argued in the Supreme Court regarding uh, public sector unions, you know, people being forced to pay union, you know, membership, um, the Janus case actually gave them more freedoms. Of course, the unions right now are fighting that. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to, you know, um, over Trump, per se, mm-hmm. that ruling and still not doing what the Janus case is, you know, there for. And that's giving back the money that they have used for political purposes. Um, and the Janus case, wasn't that a teacher out in California that sued? I think that. No, no it the, wasn't? he wasn't a teacher. No, he was actually like a social worker and he okay. worked for the state. Um, okay. Mark Janus is an amazing man. Uh, I got a chance to meet him last year um, through the National Right to Work Foundation. This was before his case was decided in the Supreme Court. Um, and thank God his the Supreme Court ruled. Of course, you can tell the division between the Supreme Court. Thank God we have who the was majority. It? Yeah, yeah, the majority now um, because it's it was a split. Uh, and but see, and this is what's so interesting is it's a split on a question of freedom versus force. Correct. I, I, I mean, that's astounding that that is what's happening in America. Oh, this is going to, if we don't watch out, this is going to become, I consider, like a Venezuela. I mean, it's just a slow trickle into a dictatorship. I mean, you got Paulus and them overturning the, the right of the people that said for prop, what was it, 112, mm-hmm. okay? No, you, you, you can't have this because we decide for you. You can't have this. Well, where does that stop? We're looking at that in California regarding, you say, you know, with the cars and not being able to use gasoline-powered vehicles. That They're forcing that on us. Excuse me? And freedom of mobility, the freedom for everyday individuals. Yeah, to get to, be to able work. To move, yes. To take their families yes. where they need to go. Yes. You know, why? And they... 
You know, Charlene, what's so interesting about this, though, because as I've thought about this whole freedom versus force as we were preparing for Stanford, Colorado, is the radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party. Again, this is not the Democrat Party of, of no, JFK. No, it's not. It's not. You know, and so uh, uh, what it is is they, t- they take a narrative, something that people think is a good idea, whether or not, you know, it's clean air, clean water, uh, education for our children, uh, vaccinations for, uh, against childhood diseases, you know, things that we all go, yeah, you know, that's a pretty good idea. But then they take that now, and what they've done is they've rolled, rolled that, that narrative. They've used it to push forward power and force. Mm-hmm. And so we have got to push back on that. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons that I was in D.C. last week, and this has got to do with just your general right to work for a company or work for, you know, a state, you know, uh, entity. Um, I was forced to be able to want the job to be a flight attendant into a union that harmed me, that took away my very, you know, uh, career, my way of making a living and supporting my family, okay? How does that work? I paid them for 20 years to protect my job. They are sworn in to protect our, you know, rights as a worker, and yet my union president decided that my voice should be shut down plain and simple in the work you know in the workplace and within my union so i paid for 20 years to get fired what if we don't stop this insanity now the janus case took care of the public sector version of unions i am fighting really hard to do the same for private sector. And what's funny about airlines are they are private entity companies, but they are governed by the Railway Labor Act, which is an act that government enforces. Okay? Uh, it's, such a, it's such a convoluted, you know, mm-hmm. act as well. But it does protect us, especially when it comes to our freedoms and a freedom of speech. But the thing is, is that we should have the freedom to choose if we want to be in a union, what union we would like to be in, or stay out of it completely and be able to negotiate our own contracts or whatever. Like our pilots at Southwest Airlines have their own association. They take care of their group. They don't, it, whatever, you know, affects maybe let's say you know our safety or their health or whatever on an airplane that they'll go up to you know dc and and lobby for things like that but ultimately they take care of those employees those pilots that doesn't happen within the union that i was in that union takes our money and decides to spend it on politics case in point three or four of who I know personally out of the Denver uh, base here uh, helped Paulus get in out of my union. And does my, uh, the other union members know that these women were paid by us or it was us, me being, you know, in, in that union. I've been fired for two years. Okay. Um, But they were here helping Paulus get elected. So, and they're getting paid to do this by our dues. 
And that's that's one of the things on the <laughs> on the the freedom side is there's not all this money because um, for people. I mean, we do this basically volunteering uh-huh. because uh, there's no force, there's no power in freedom. And uh, so that's why it's important, this case that you mentioned in California. And then let's talk some more about right to work. Yeah. Um, we're going to go to break. I have Charlene Carter in studio with me, guest chick, to talk about right to work. You're in Washington, D.C. last week, inter- helping introduce that leg- legislation. Yes, with Joe Wilson, yes. And it's already been introduced um, into the Senate by Rand Paul. Right. So, yeah. Okay, so we'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 17th through Thursday, May 23rd, features will include Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Avengers Endgame, and Captain Marvel. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. <clears throat> hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation offering you a conservatarian perspective. Be sure and check out my website at americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. And also check out StanfordColorado.com. That is the website for this great rally that we had. And we're starting to roll out the videos of each of these speakers. And you will be amazed at the uh, the strong speakers, the important issues out there. Uh, one of the really important issues is the right to work, freedom versus force, the uh, the freedom to say yes or no. And that is what you're all about, Charlene Carter. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so right to work. You were back in DC. Washington D.C. Yeah, last Wednesday. And right to work legislation. You were there. Uh, you know, with, yeah, I was with Joe Wilson okay. and uh, Mark Mix, who is the president and, and main speaker of the National Right to Work Foundation. Wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and again, I can't say too much, but they are actually they took my case. So okay. we'll see how far this this case goes. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, Mark Mix. Um, Basically, and Joe Wilson and a couple of other congressmen, and I think there's 56 or 58, I can't remember the exact number, of, and they're all Republicans, there are no Democrats signing to this bill, of course. Um, They just basically want to, the only thing they really want to do, 
and I'll, and I'll quote this. Mark Mix, president of National Right to Work Co- uh, Committee. In an age of legislation overreach, this is one of the shortest bills ever introduced. The National Right to Work Act does not add a single word to federal law. Instead, it's simply removing existing language in the National Labor Relations Act and the Railway Labor Act that gives union officials the power to extract dues from non-union workers as a condition of employment. Okay, so what that means is I opted out of my union. Okay, which still I didn't opt out paying for it. I opted out and became a fee-based person, (laughs) union member, which means I still pay dues. But every quarter they give me a check of like $24. It's $7 and change that they supposedly spend on politics up there in Washington. That goes all the way from our union, 40% goes to international, and another, however, goes up to AFL-CIO, which we all fall under the umbrella of. Okay, this is a, this is a huge, I would say, corporation. Yet and they don't create anything. They create nothing. The way they get the, their money is through force. Uh, yeah, it's extortion is what I like to call it. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's what happened to me for 20 years. Well, and, um, we, and we just talked about all of the uh, the money that goes to uh, to political campaigns. Oh, I could give you a list, especially under the AFL-CIO. Um, and my biggest complaint was we fund from my local to the international to the AFL-CIO to Planned Parenthood. My moral beliefs and being a Christian... I do not want them sending any of my money to this specific organization. Well, and then you also have, okay, let's unwind this a little bit more. We're going through, we talked about in the top 10, but if you look at the top 20 and these heavy hitters on Open open Secrets, you have even more unions. Mm -hmm. So they are lobbying, they're getting... um, uh, candidates elected mm-hmm. who then are beholden to them because they receive this money for their election mm-hmm. from these different unions. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood gets That's a just half, one of many. Yeah, gets yeah. half a billion dollars of taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. Already my tax dollars go to it. Already. Okay. And, and we need to we need to turn oh, that around. The, the, I don't. I, Kim, <laughs> that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Why are we paying for others' decisions to do what they do. Why, why are we paying? I, I don't get any of this. I, I, it, I'm almost so flustered I can't say anything about it. Um, because why am I being forced out of my tax dollars to pay for this stuff? And then I'm in a union and I have to pay for even more. Right. And it's taken a while to get to this point here in America. Yeah. We've got to get it turned back around. So this right to work is Well, the unions are going to fight this tooth and nail because while I was up there, Richard Trumpka was introducing a 35-page bill. And I believe this was in the subcommittee. So I got to listen to some of this the other day. Um, It's going to take a lot of rights away from companies. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that sometimes companies aren't as fair or whatever to their workers. Um, I've seen it. I've experienced it. You know, so be it. But these unions don't do anything about it because it's still happening. We have contracts that the company can, you know, 
supersede over and, you know, and, and roughshod over. Um, the union does nothing for us. So why are we paying them? We can negotiate our own salaries. We can hire our own attorneys. We can hire a really good negotiator instead of somebody that's in the union to do any of this stuff. But what this this bill that Richard Trumpka wants, it's really a dictatorship once again. But you're going to see it funnels the money between them and the politicians. And these guys make almost... Well, a lot of them make a lot more than CEOs do out there in in corporations and companies. So their narrative is also a lie. They get more perks. They get more, you know, um, givebacks. They are up there. It's like a game for them. It's a money-making entity for them. And they're not there for their workers. When a worker in, in New York City makes about $70,000 a year. And you've got Samuelson, who is our international president at TWU. He's making 200, let's see, what is it? Oh, he gave himself a raise, a 20% raise. He makes $258,000. Now, that doesn't include um, his perks. Which could be cars, travel, oh, yes. all that and, kind of stuff. Well, and he's really good friends with Como in New York City. So who do you think he's helping? And you scratch my back. You, yeah, I'll scratch yours. Oh, yeah. I've, I've watched this for, what, 20 years. Okay. So we're getting close to the end of the show. The, the solution is right to work then, to try to get this whole thing turned back around. The unions should not be telling us or forcing us as individuals wherever we work to pay them to have a job you see what i'm saying i I do but they but they imply i know that like the teachers unions they say that they are bringing value to every teacher in the district so that's why they should be able to force every teacher in the district how did they bring value here in colorado when the teachers make less than what these administrators make and what they make as union representatives. They haven't done anything for these teachers. They tell them, you know, this story that they're going to do for them. But you tell me, have teachers, have their salaries actually gone up the way they should? Or have they hired more administrators and more people that make a lot more money that don't teach our children, and that money pays for that instead of their salaries or going to our kids. And then also we're seeing money that uh, goes to these administrators, and then we're seeing that it's really oh, playing it, big it, time they, here. Yeah, it's a me, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Okay, what's the chances of getting this right to work passed? I believe it'll get passed in the Senate because we have the majority there in the Senate, but we do not have the majority in the House and most of these politicians are in the back pockets of unions. So it's going to be an uphill battle. I think people ought to be going up to Washington. I'm sorry, just to call your congressman and complain and say you're on this list, blah, 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 blah. No, I think we need to have a total march for union members who disagree with the way our money is being spent and that we've been forced into these things, I think we need as union members to say no more. 
We want to decide. And if you don't work for us and you make a heck of a lot more money than we do, and in the private sector, we don't get a, a pension. The public sector union members get pensions. Who do you think funds that? We do. Yes. Okay. And where do you think all the money is going to come from? And for somebody like me who got fired for, you know, voicing my opinion and my rights, uh, where's the money going to come from? Well, right. It comes from us. So, Charlene Carter, thanks for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Keep us, Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're going to have to have you back. You yeah. know, keep us surprised what's going on yeah, with this. I will. So, today, St. Francis of Assisi was hoeing his garden when someone asked him what he would do if he were suddenly to learn that he would die before sunset that day. He said, I would finish hoeing my garden. Amen. So, today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you and God bless America.